Being an artist is the most incredible gift. The divine expression of your soul, the bone-crushing rejection, the drinking before noon. It's easy to forget why you love doing this. I'm here to help remind you. Join me each week as we dig into the practical and spiritual mindset and manifestation tools you can use to finally get out of your own way and do what you came here to do. The art you want to make is only being blocked by the bullshit stories you've inherited about what's possible for you. In a sea of no's, you're about to become your biggest yes. In a town of it's who you know, you are the one worth knowing. When they say they need a name, you say your own damn name. I'm Kelly Warren, and this is Another Take. If you're a diehard fan of the show, I know it has been several weeks since I put out a new app. I know, I'm sorry. I'll have you know that five different people have texted me in the past two weeks asking me where the fuck is my next episode, and their incessant neediness has lit a fire under my ass. So here we are. We all have them to thank. No, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I am so, so grateful for the messages that people are enjoying the show, and I love that you're getting enough out of it that you're looking forward to the episodes and notice when there isn't a new one. <laughs> that really does mean a lot to me. So thank you, everybody that reached out. So to that end, let's talk about what happened. Because one of the reasons I wanted to do this podcast is so I could continually go out in my own life and fuck up and then hop on here and share what I've learned with you guys. <laughs> because you never stop learning, right? So much of this self-development work is in the implementation Everybody read The Fucking Secret 15 years ago, how come we all don't have money in houses? It's not the knowledge that shifts you, it's the knowing. And you only get to the knowing by fully embodying the person you're trying to become and taking her out into the world and throwing shit at her. It's like in a screenplay. You have a character with a goal, and the movie only exists if she goes out and shit happens in the pursuit of that goal. That's how she grows and changes, and hopefully at the end, she's in a different place, if it's well-written. <laughs> like, uh, so many things are not. Any actor who has ever read Sides can tell you that. <laughs> but the main thing that happened is I was horrified to discover that putting this podcast together is a lot of work. You know, people always say, oh, what could you talk about for an hour without getting bored? And I was always like, oh, man, energy, law of attraction, manifesting, that's my shit. And I thought, well, yeah, I'll just hop on the mic every week and just riff on brainwave states. This is going to be so great. It'll be funny and informative. Blah, 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 blah. And then I turned the mic on and started talking. And then I was like, oh, I think that's everything. Oh, it's been four minutes. Cool. <laughs> So I realized, oh, no, this is going to take a minute. And it does. It takes me two full days to pull an episode together. Not like, oh, an hour on Wednesday and like an hour or two on Thursday. We're talking like two full eight-hour days. And after a few weeks, full transparency, I was like, wait, do I hate this? <laughs> All this time and money and emotional trauma I spent trying to get this thing off the ground and now like three to four weeks into it, I'm like, nah, I don't really want to do it. <laughs> There's two things I want to bring up here. One, I think we abandon things way too easily. I am so guilty of this. Historically, I have been the person, oh, I'm not immediately amazing at something. Clearly, I'm defective and I'm not meant to do this. When things need time to find their footing. 
How many TV shows do you recommend to someone where you're like, it starts slow, but just hang on, it gets really good? Or just start with the second season? <laughs> I know that's one of the frustrations that showrunners have, especially on network television, because nowadays they give you two episodes, and if you're not hitting the viewers, they yank you off the air before you've had time to figure out what the show even is and give people an opportunity to find it. And I I'm sure that I will get better and be able to streamline the process as I go on, but only if I go on. <laughs> The second thing this is a great example of is the discipline of delayed gratification. We live in a now, now, now society. I want it now. Anything that's over 30 seconds, I don't have the capacity to watch. How could I possibly? Oh, tiny bits of information coming at me hard and fast. Wow. <laughs> My brain went somewhere else because I'm disgusting. But here's the thing. It's not sexy to do a lot of work for free with no immediate return on investment. Now, I started this podcast because in this age of ephemeral social media content that's gone and forgotten in 24 hours, I wanted to have a stable of content that lived forever so that potential coaching clients could find me tomorrow, next month, five years from now, and get to know me and my vibe and how I work with people. Fantastic. But it's hard to get it up to do two full days of work for money I'm going to make in five years. Now, of course, my intention is for people to find me much quicker than that, but I have no control over when someone finds me and is ready to buy what I'm selling. So I need to show up and be ready every day regardless. Huh. Now, what else does this sound like? Hmm. Oh, right. Our entire career as artists. We have to go to the gym every day because we have to stay camera ready. We have to have our self-tape set up, ready to go, because we could get an audition tonight at 10 p.m. that's due tomorrow morning. We have to have our writing samples and our so-what-else-do-you-haves written for when the opportunity presents itself. There are days, months, hell, whole years of drought where it feels like nothing is happening in our careers. And then the phone call comes and it's like, holy shit, they want to make my show. My entire life has changed. Like that. It's showing up for yourself and your craft because guess what? There's another timeline on how long you get to express yourself, and it's coming for all of us, no matter who your agent is. And that's death. <laughs> Not to bring you down, but how are you spending your days? Be honest. Are you showing up in service of the highest expression of the gifts you were given? Or are you watching an entire season of something and bitching about how they gave so-and-so's daughter the part you were up for? What if you started to approach your day as just another stepping stone to the life and career you know is on its way to you? and trusted the process, and trusted that the incremental progress you made each day that isn't immediately visible will pay off in spades later on. There's a great book by Darren Hardy called The Compound Effect about this very thing. Highly recommend. About how the things you do every day add up over time. There's an example he uses in the book about these two guys who decide they're going to start lifting weights, right? And one guy goes to the gym consistently, like he's there every day. And the other guy goes sporadically, misses a couple days here and there, and they will be making comparable progress for a while. And then all of a sudden, there comes a tipping point where the guy who is going consistently will gain so much more strength at such an exponential rate that the guy going once in a while will never be able to catch up to him. It's pretty fascinating. Little steps lead to quantum leaps. To that end, Today, we are talking about decisions. In the Latin roots of the word, to decide literally means to cut off. When you make a decision, you are actually cutting off all other possibilities, which can be used for both good and bad, right? When you decide you're not going to eat meat or dairy anymore, 
burgers are no longer an option. When you decide the game is rigged and you'll never make it in this business, you are cutting off your access to the solutions that would prove that untrue. That's why I hate the word try. I'm starting a crusade, me and Yoda. Try is bullshit. It gives you an out. It lets you hedge your bets. I can always tell when someone is going to succeed or not by how they state their goals. I'm gonna try and go to the gym before work this week. Say hi to your snooze button for me, cause you're not going. Try says, yeah, I mean, it would be great if this happened, but it might not, and I'm acknowledging that from the jump so I can feel okay about myself when I don't do what I say I'm going to do. Make try a noun, not a verb. You're no longer trying to do a pull-up, you are doing a pull-up, and today was your first five tries. Play around with that this week and just notice how often you and the people around you water down their desires with try. I caught myself doing this recently. Someone was asking me something about my business and I got uncomfortable and I wanted to make it seem more realistic and palatable for them. So I said, I think I'm going to try to blah, 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 you know, when your voice goes up seven octaves. <laughs> but that's even worse because I'm not even getting to try. I'm just thinking about trying. Jesus H, good luck, Cal. Your words are wands. There's power in them. So fuck try. Do it or don't do it, and then take responsibility for whichever one you pick. So how do we come to these decisions? They are a direct result of our beliefs. If you think of it like drudging a chip through a loaded taco dip, there are a bunch of layers. A situation arises, you have a thought about it, which generates an emotion, when the thought and emotion get repeated enough times, they get wired together in your brain as a belief. And then your beliefs about yourself and how the world works will determine your decisions, which determine your actions, and then the results you get. So decisions are like the refried bean level of the taco dip. There's a lot of shit going on on top of them that impact the taste. And here we are thinking we're making up our own mind in the moment with our conscious mind, but really we're being influenced by all these other factors. Whenever someone in my life would bemoan a decision they'd made in the past that maybe didn't pan out how they'd hoped, I would always say to them, you did the best you could based on the information you had at the time. So how do we get this information? Where does it come from? Just think about how much stimuli from the outside world your senses are taking in on any given day. Hell, in any given moment. I think your skin alone is something like a thousand nerve endings per square inch, which, you know, sense touch, pain, oh, I'm itchy, oh, it's cold in here. All of this information about your environment is getting clocked and transmitted to the brain, along with all your other senses. Your brain is getting bombarded with like 2 million bits of data per second, but there's no way your brain could even begin to process all of that information. It would explode. It's only capable of consciously processing around 126 bits per second. So we're going from millions of bits of data to around 126. How are we doing this? We have a filter. And guess where that filter lives? That's right, the subconscious. There's a cluster of neurons at the base of the spine called the reticular activating system, or RAS, R-A-S. And the RAS is the liaison between the subconscious and conscious mind. Your RAS soaks in all the data coming in at you like a sponge and determines what information is important enough to let your conscious mind know about it. It's the gatekeeper. Think of it like the receptionist at a big agency. Someone gets off the bus from Arkansas and calls and says, hello, Mr. CAA, please. She's gonna field that call herself. She's not patching you through to her boss who's in the middle of closing a deal for Brad Pitt. He doesn't have the time or energy to deal with you right now. He's doing more important things. 
So your subconscious is handling it and keeping the stuff that doesn't require your immediate attention off your plate, which is great. Thank you for not letting my brain explode. But how are we determining whether I need to know about something or not? There's the hiccup because the subconscious mind only perpetuates what it already knows and has already experienced. So it evaluates things based on how it lines up with your current beliefs, values, memories, past experiences, and your established internal model of how the world works. And it only lets things through that are in alignment with those things. Which is why so many of us are living our lives on autopilot and we find it so hard to take new actions and see new solutions because our subconscious is just recreating the past in every moment. We're all just going to keep having the same day over and over unless we give our Raz the heads up that, hey, we're going in a new direction now and there are some new beliefs I'm going to need you to put on autopilot so you can start bringing things that are in line with those beliefs into my conscious awareness. We live in a, I'll believe it when I see it world, but the cruel joke is you're not going to be able to see it unless you believe it first. This is why it's so important to start redirecting your thoughts and your focus on how you want things to be, because it's in the repetition of those thoughts enough times linked with emotion that's going to overwrite your current belief and tell your as, hey buddy, this is what I believe now, be a doll and go ahead and start running this program on autopilot. And once that happens, different things, different people, situations, solutions, things that are going to help you achieve your goals are going to start showing up in your awareness, which were always there, by the way. They were just getting filtered out, so you never got the chance to see them. We want to make it as easy as possible for ourselves to start making decisions based on our vision instead of our current circumstances, because our current circumstances are reflecting who we've been, not where we're going. Within the capacity you have right now, how can you show up differently? What decisions can you make? Can you decide to get up an hour earlier every day to work on your script? Can you decide that instead of watching Netflix when you get home from your 9 to 5, you're going to memorize some sides to put on tape tomorrow? Because you may not have an audition tomorrow, but guess what? Working actor you sure does. Now, I know what you might be thinking. Ugh, I don't want to fucking do that. Yeah, that sucks, right? I know. It takes a lot of energy to survive, especially if you're living in a major market like LA or New York. That hustle is real just to stay afloat as a person, let alone as an artist. Most of us are so drained from our day jobs that we don't fucking feel like doing anything else but lying down and watching TV and vegging out when we get home. And there's a place for that, don't get me wrong. But I would invite you to take stock of where your priorities lie. Because I think a lot of us are approaching our day from the standpoint of, here's all the stuff I have to do that's non-negotiable, and then I'll see where I can fit my dream in. What if you started shifting that balance to, here are the top three things I need to do today to move toward my goals, and those are non-negotiable. Those get scheduled first, and then I fit my life around that. You're still getting everything done, but there's an energy shift there. All of a sudden, you're an artist first who happens to have a waitressing shift at four o'clock. Which identity are you giving more weight to? This is human nature, by the way. We're far more motivated to make decisions based on avoiding pain as opposed to pursuing pleasure. Think about if your bank account goes below a certain level, you freak out and start begging everybody at the restaurant for extra shifts because you're nervous you won't make rent. But if there's a class you want to take or you want to get new headshots and someone says, hey, can you do a double on Saturday? You're like, eh, I don't really want to do that because it's not an immediate need. You don't feel compelled to do anything about it. There's no survival instinct kicking in. And then you bitch about how you would love to do X, Y, and Z, but you can't afford it. 
Which is great because then you get to stay in your identity as a broke person and you get to justify staying in your comfort zone at the same time. It's win-win. That was sarcasm, by the way. (laughs) A big reason why things don't show up in your life is because on some level, you associate pain with having it. So you will avoid it at all costs. If I become a huge star, I'm going to lose all my friends who are still struggling because they're going to be like, who does she think she is now? If I get in the best shape of my life, I won't have an excuse anymore as to why I don't want to try online dating. A lot of bad habits in our life persist because we get something out of them. They give us an out. They give us an easy way to avoid pain. That would always be my favorite question to coaching clients who would be frustrated with something they kept doing that they knew was detrimental to their goals. I would ask, and what are you gaining from doing that? And every one of them would inevitably say, nothing. And I would say, false. You wouldn't be doing it if you weren't getting something from it. If you binge eat, you get comfort from that. If you go out and get shit-faced the night before a big audition, you get to blame it on that when you don't get it. We have to start unlinking the notion of pain from the things we say we want and start making the avoidance of doing those things the thing that is painful. Which is more painful? Doing this task you've been avoiding, which will probably take one quarter of the time you think it will, or failing to become the person you you know you're meant to be in this world and fulfilling your highest potential. There's that great quote from Anais Nin. And the day came when the risk to remain tight in the bud was more painful than the risk it took to blossom. And don't get me wrong, like this is a process, right? Your brain likes safe and familiar. We're hardwired to survive, not thrive. There is nothing wrong with you. Tony Robbins says that there are six human needs that drive us, and number one on that list is certainty. We don't like not knowing what's going to happen. So we adhere to these rules we've created in our mind to give us some illusion of control, right? This goes back to identity. If I identify as broke, I know exactly how my world is going to reflect that, and that gives me comfort, even though it's not what I say I want. If I identify as a procrastinator, I get the certainty of knowing that I'm going to wait until the last minute and be stressed out. I get to predict my own behavior, and then I get to be right, and there's nothing people love more than being right, right? So what do you want to be right about? What if you adopted the identity of someone who is committed to your own expansion? What behaviors could you start to predict then? What if the thing you had absolute certainty about was your vision for your life? What would you fucking go for if you could no longer justify why it was never going to happen for you? Pop quiz, get ready. Which requires more energy? Believing it won't happen or believing it will? Oh no, they're the same. Oh shit. It takes the same amount of energy to believe it won't happen as to believe it will. So which are you choosing? Fear or faith? And if you're thinking, okay, yeah, Kelp, but it's really fucking hard to have faith, especially when things appear to be going sideways. And I would counter that with, actually, it's not. Because fear is faith. Fear is having faith that it won't happen. You actually already have complete faith in something all the time. So it's not some elusive thing you have to grab onto. You already have it. You're just placing it on the wrong thing. Start arguing for your dreams instead of your limitations. Another quick note about fear, she loves an outfit change. She'll dress herself up as practical and realistic and she'll try to seduce you. You call that bitch an Uber and keep it moving. Practical is bullshit. From where I'm sitting, everybody that made the practical choice to get a real job for the security, they all got laid off during COVID too. We're all making the same amount on unemployment now. Realistic is bullshit. What did we talk about today? 
your Raz is perpetuating your reality. You start reprogramming your belief system and your version of realistic is going to change. More things are going to become available to you, opportunities and possibilities that you can't even conceive of now at your current level of thinking are going to become your new normal. That's going to be your realistic. People who tell you to be realistic are acting from their version, not yours. Which is why I am begging you to stop crowdsourcing your decision making among your friends. What do you think I should do? Well, what would you do? Doesn't fucking matter what anyone else would do because guess what? You're not talking to them. You're talking to their conditioning. What they would do is born out of their patterns and their belief systems and their ways of being in past experiences and that has jack shit to do with you. Only you can know what's right for you. And deep down, you already know what you want to do. You already know. You always do. The answers are always going to come from within you. One time I was in this Facebook group for actors for a course I had taken. Well, <laughs> taken is a loose term. I bought it and then I didn't actually do anything with it. But I remember this one girl posted about this audition opportunity she had. And she was debating whether to go or not because she had a weird feeling about it. And the director was giving off a vibe that she wasn't entirely comfortable with. And the energy of the post and the way it was written, it was so clear that she didn't want to do it. But she felt the need to get external validation for that instead of trusting it. And then all the comments were people being like, an audition is an audition. You don't have to take the job. It's a chance to act, blah, blah, blah. And I wanted to claw my eyes out because it was just like, yes, male colleague, I can understand why you would have no problem going because you probably haven't had that director's giving me weird vibes experience that pretty much every woman in this business has at some point. So you're answering from your frame of reference, which is completely different and has nothing to do with hers. And I remember her replying back like, yeah, you're right. I guess I'll go. Ooh, sign me up. All of my most empowering decisions start with, I guess I'll do it. You ever make a pro-con list and there are like 10 pros and one con? So your logical brain is like, okay, yeah, obviously we should do this. There are more pros than cons. But that one con is such a deal breaker that you're like, yeah, no, I don't think this is the right thing for me. I personally think pro-con lists are a bunch of bullshit if you're using them as, well, the column with the most ticks wins. I do find them very helpful in terms of you get to see which of those ticks you start arguing for because then you get in touch with which things are really important to you. Another thing about decisions, a lot of us are so terrified of making the wrong one. So what? If you do, you adjust. If you make a wrong turn in your car, does your GPS go, well, that's it, just drive into the lake, it's all over now? No. She helps you get back on the road and you continue on toward your destination because you can still get there. I had a business coach once who said, what if all moves are the right moves? And I fucking love that. If you're one of those people who gets trapped in analysis paralysis, it's such a different energy to make a choice from that place and trust that everything is unfolding in your favor and just pick something. Because if it turns out not to be the thing, you can either course correct or a lot of times it might not be the thing, but it's the thing that leads to the thing. I feel called to invest in this person's course and then, oh shoot, it's not really what I wanted, but because I follow that person, the algorithm suggested this other person to me and she turned out to be my perfect fit coach and now I have a six-figure business. You never know how the dots are going to connect. All moves are the right moves. The last thing I'll throw out is a lot of times we're making decisions between two things we want and are acting out of this either-or paradigm. Well, I can't have both, but what if you could? What if it were yes and, not either or? Depending on what it is. I mean, you can't have two girlfriends. <laughs> I mean, you could, but don't be an asshole. Um, but something like, 
I want to take this class or I could go to this event, uh, but I can't do both. And I would just challenge you to throw it out to your subconscious. How can I do both? What would have to happen for me to have both? Who would I have to be? What would have to shift? Start asking yourself more expansive questions. Your brain likes to solve problems, so give it better problems to solve. Here, you want a problem? Cool. Figure out how I can have both of these amazing experiences. Start playing in possibility. Decide that all things are possible, that all solutions are available to you. And really declare it to the universe. There's so much power in saying, I've decided something. I've decided that doing this podcast is fun and expansive for me. I've decided that I'm only available for reciprocal relationships. I've decided to see abundance everywhere. Even saying that, I feel powerful, like I'm casting a spell or something. What are you deciding now? It's your fucking life. You get to decide how it goes. Get off autopilot and start deciding who you're going to be today. Because that will inform all of the micro decisions you make throughout the day that over time add up to your destiny. Decide what you want. Decide you get to have it and start clearing out the mental clutter that tells you you can't. That's the work. And if you need help doing it, you can DM me on Instagram at Vital Crayon and let's talk about coaching. I'm there for you when you're ready. All right, my loves. I think I've jabbered on enough for this week. Have an amazing day. Go make strong choices. Go make your art. Go make a sandwich. Whatever. Create something. Preferably your dream life. I'm so glad you're here and I can't wait to see where you go. Till next time. It is my absolute joy to be on this ride with you. If you liked what you heard, tell a friend. If you didn't, tell your diary. Between apps, you can find me on Instagram at VitalCrayon and head to VitalCrayon.com for info on how you can start going deeper into this work with me when you're ready to level up. Thanks so much for listening. Now go be your bold, brilliant self wherever you're off to next, and I'll see you in the trenches.